0: Welcome to the Dave Witty Show. I'm your host, Dave Witty. Welcome to episode 16, folks. Thanks again for tuning in. Thanks to all my guests so far. And big thanks to uh, Greg Bruce for coming on last week. Had a great chat about his career and everything he's been up to and uh, really enjoyed having that conversation. I got another great episode coming up. Got country um, music singer Justin Fancy on this week. We had a great chat about everything he's been up to over the pandemic and, you know, releasing a record during the pandemic and, you know, upcoming shows and, and all the all the fun stuff, writing, recording, the, all, the, all those cool processes that come with putting out a record. So, you know, make sure you do stick around for a great episode with, with Justin. Really enjoyed having that chat as well. I hope everybody's had a good week. I had a great May 2-4. Uh, spent the weekend up to the cabin, just relaxing. Came back Sunday for my gig at Green Sleeves. Was a busy night downtown, as I kind of suspected. You know, it was a pretty miserable day out Monday, so um, you know a lot of people probably came back in if they were around the bay or up to the cabin or whatever. So I did the same thing. Came back Sunday, played Green Sleeves. Was a great night, and uh, just had a relaxing night after. And uh, yesterday, or uh, sorry, Monday, I uh, I just uh, took it easy and, and I actually went online, went live for for an hour or so on Facebook and uh, played some songs for folks. Uh, if anybody was uh, tuning in, thanks so much for that. And, uh, you know, just had a bit of fun. I was just sitting around kind of bored and really wanted to uh, to play some songs. Had a had little itch for it. Um, got another great week of music coming up Thursday night. I'm back at Golf Shots in Mount Pearl, uh, 8 to 11. Come on in if you're looking to uh, you know hit some balls or, or just check out some live music. Got some great drink specials on, and you know always a great spot to uh, to uh, watch some sports. Um, Friday and Saturday night, I'm back with the Donnies, which is my new folk band. Uh, we're back at O'Reilly's this weekend, ten thirty start. Uh, looking forward to a great, uh, great weekend at O'Reilly's. No doubt, it's always a always a fun venue to play and always a great crowd. Um, our guitar player Alex Call is—he's uh, off working. He's off on the boats, so he'll be uh, he'll be missing in action this weekend. We have Mister Zach Nash filling in this weekend. So, looking forward to uh, to sharing the stage with Zach and Robert. And uh if you're looking for something a little earlier I'll be at Shamrock City on Friday evening uh just before the Donnie set 6 to 9 solo so maybe uh you know come on out and check out some tunes and of course Sunday I'm back at Green Sleeve's of course uh, 7 or 6:30 sorry so you know uh lots of great music I mean there's tons of music in the city Happening this uh, happening this weekend, and and you know uh, the weather's starting to, to turn, so it's uh, some summer vibes going on. You know, really, uh, really, really happy about that. I got to say, I mean, uh, a little snow on Monday, but the weekend was just uh, absolutely fantastic here in St. John's. Uh, big cluster on the go, COVID on the go, out in central. I mean, heartbreaking to hear. I mean, we've all been through this now, and, and I think everybody's just so sick and tired of this. Everyone just wants it to be over. So, uh, you know, really unfortunate to see that happen out in, out in central, a lot of lockdowns on the go, you know, in, in a big radius of, of places. So, uh, you know, wishing the best for all, uh, all the folks out in central and, and hopefully it's just a quick process and, uh, they can nip it in the bud and, and, and kind of, you know, get that under control and, 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 uh you know, just, just try to figure it out quickly. So everybody's not locked down too much. Uh, I mean, lockdowns are hard enough, especially in, in the middle of the summer. I mean, it's, that's no fun for nobody. Nobody wants to be locked down for, for that. Um, a lot of great sports on the go. I mean, this weekend was incredible. I loved, uh, the NHL playoffs have just been fantastic so far, guys, if you've been watching it at all, I mean, uh, a lot of exciting games, um, you know, tons of overtime action, uh, a four nothing sweep by the Jets of the Oilers, uh, completely shocking. I could not believe it. I mean, I can't believe that the Oilers didn't get a, at least a game on the Jets. I mean, with the Oilers being the heavy favorites there, I, I had thought, anyways. Uh, but it all comes down to goaltending. I mean, Connor Hellebuck had, had a hell of a series, and and Mike Smith not so much. And and the Jets certainly uh, figured out how to shut down Connor McDavid and Leon Drysital. So I mean, just uh, incredible to see that. Um Boston's rolling right now. They're an absolute wagon I, was, I, I, I mean, you always got to fear the Bees in the playoffs. They're they're playoff built. They know how to how to win in the playoffs. Colorado are looking incredible right now. The Pittsburgh Islanders series has been pretty good as well. Um you know, lots of lots of great hockey going on there. Uh Vegas Minnesota, uh Carolina Nashville. And of course the Leafs and uh, Leafs and Habs, which is, you know, what a great, great story. I mean, they haven't played since, since 79 in, in a playoff series. And if you're from Newfoundland, I mean, the rivalry between the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Montreal Canadiens is, is insane. I mean, there's a ton and a ton of Leafs fans here. And a ton of Habs fans here, uh, so it's always great to uh, to see those those two teams match up. Let alone in the playoffs. I mean, I've never seen it in my life, and you know the majority of my friends have, have not seen it either. So, uh, just a you know a fun series. I mean, both teams are playing great right now. You know, it could could have gone either way. The goaltending's been fantastic both sides. Um, you know, Carey Price has been. Carry Price and and Jack Campbell has has you know he's played the role we need him to play so uh not looking forward to another fun game I'm recording here on Tuesday um you know last night on Monday night Leafs Leafs uh, Leafs won obviously took a 2-1 one uh, lead and um looking forward to another great game tonight interesting that it's a back to back but it seems that the NHL is probably just trying to you know catch up on the rest of the series so it all kind of goes in hand in hand I've uh, been watching quite a bit of baseball as well lately, man. Uh, the Jays, have, the Jays are, are, are a fun team to watch. A lot of really great young players. A lot of good hitters. Uh, pitching's been okay. It's funny with baseball though, because every week it changes. I mean, if if I was talking about the Jays last week, I would have said how hot the Jays are and, and their winning streak. And you know, I think they've lost six in a row right now. It's so the Jays got a few things to figure out. Not, I don't have a whole lot of confidence in Charlie Montoya as as a as a pitcher or sorry as a as a manager. Uh, he makes some interesting decisions not some of my favorites but i mean it's an early se- it's early in the season and 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 of course the the baseball season's a long one so you kind of got to hold tight and hope for the best in that one and, and hope that they can get it all together and and string string a few wins together um, PGA Championship the weekend was incredible. It was so fun to see Phil Mickelson pull that down the oldest uh, oldest winner in in PGA history uh, to win it, uh, a major. Uh, and Phil's such a lovable dude. You know he's such a crazy character. He's always making jokes and he's really involved with the fans and he's on social media. And you know you just it's hard not to root for this guy. So uh, you know that was a lot of fun to watch. You know he he uh, and on a tough course, a really tough course there in South Carolina. I mean. Uh, long, 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 long course. You know, it's not easy to knock in birdies there. And um, actually, speaking of golf, I was out golfing uh, last. Uh, we went out Friday, out to uh, Pitcher's Pond, little nine hole out there in Whiteway Lovely little course. I mean, listen, you're not getting a better bang for your buck than Pitcher's Pond Golf Course in Saint John or in in on the Avalon. Sorry, it's you know, it's only a nine hole, but it's a it's a long nine hole. So you feel like you're not out there. You're out there for a while. It's not a quick quick round. Uh, $20 with a cart. I mean, you cannot go wrong with this since pretty close to my cabin. So we always try to get out for a couple rounds when we're out there and, uh, you know, it was a lovely day. I mean, Friday was beautiful. It was, you know, 18, 19 degrees, uh, ideal conditions for a round of golf, a little windy, but I mean, you can never get rid of the wind here in Newfoundland. That's for sure. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. What's been going on with me, you know? I've just been I've been dialed in, watching a bit of sports, and you like had a bit of a relaxing weekend. Me and uh, me and my brother and Tom, we uh, we we put together a bar at a weekend at the cabin somewhere somewhere else for us to lean our elbows on when we're watching some sports and stuff like that. Um, yeah you know that's pretty much it don't got a whole lot coming down the lo- the the books here now right and just for this weekend you know got the Donnie show and if you are looking to come check us out obviously come to O'Reilly's and if you want to follow us on social media you can do it uh we're the Donnie's uh NL so on Instagram Facebook um we got a new single that's about to be released to um streaming platforms in the next couple of weeks so you know keep an eye out for that guys it's a great song I wrote it and uh uh the boys helped me with the with the bridge and and uh, and and the, the arrangements of the song, and obviously we recorded it with Robert. He did a great job on the recording of it, and uh, you know, just really looking forward to getting that in some ears. And speaking of getting in your ears, I'm um, gonna flip it over to a uh, to an interview with Justin Fancy, who's you know I've known Justin for forever. He's been he's been around playing music, you know, just as long as I have, if not longer. And you know, we've always beaten around in the same kind of musical scene. And you know, he kind of took a stab at it this year and 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 put out his own record after kind of beating around the the cover scene here in St. John's for a number of years, which you know becomes a it's a slog. I mean, it's a, it's it's a grind. There's no doubt about that. And you know. He kind of seen it as an opportunity to uh, to finally release something on his own, and he's doing great with it. I got to say, you know, and uh, he's uh, all over the radio and, you know, he's got a, a big show coming up, but I'll, you know, I'll let Justin tell you about that. So, you know, make sure you stick around for a great interview with Justin Fancy. And I'd like to welcome Justin Fancy to the podcast. How you doing, Justin, man? Thanks for coming on today.
1: I'm great, buddy. Uh, I, I feel like a celebrity, Dave Woody. I'm on your show, man. I've, <laughs> I've been hearing a lot lately. He's pretty cool. I'm um, obviously excited to be here. Um, yeah, really excited to be here, man. Right on, man. Well, yeah. Well,
0: thanks for taking the time today. I know you're a busy man. You got lots on the go and uh, really appreciate you, uh, you know, just taking a little bit out of your day to come on and have a chat with me because I like to, uh, to promote everything local and you know how I do. But uh, to the folks listening at home, Justin, who may not know who you are, can you just introduce yourself a little bit and a little bit about
1: what you do and who you are? Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, Canadian country singer from Conception Bay South, um, about 15 minutes outside of St. John's. Uh yeah I I've, I've been uh singing and playing for for as you know a a pretty long time about 15 years now and I decided last year that I'd stop singing everybody else's songs and 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 uh and start to promote my own so that's uh that's that's what I've done the last I'm uh, almost a year and a half now dates back to last January when I um when I started uh recording my first album.
0: Yeah no exactly so you know I want to dig into that right away I mean yeah. uh like you you Listen, in St. John's, there's people slug it out on this scene here, man. Like there's a, an interesting world for musicians here. Like you can go out and work seven nights a week, sometimes twice a week, make pretty decent money. You can work a lot. You can play a lot of music, but it's a tough scene to crack. If you're playing your own stuff. I mean, it's a different world altogether. You know what I mean? So I want to talk about, you know, obviously you, you slugged it out on George street and we'll, probably share a few stories about that in a little bit, but I want to talk about the first release. You put out the record in 2020, September, 2020, Uh long time coming. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that record? And, you know, you know, it's a long time coming. I'm assuming that's, you know, the title
1: kind of just stands on its own, right? Yeah. I, I wanted to kind of, Dave, I wanted to start off with a, with, a, with an anthem song and an anthem album uh, for, for me and, and, and my journey. And I wanted, I wanted it to be sort of a statement song of here I am, um, and here's what I've done for the last 10, 15 years. And here's what I want to do going forward. So it was really, for me, it was a statement song to the Canadian industry. it was, it was extremely nerve wracking and risky at the time. Uh, I knew the material was, was good. I, I hooked up with Clint in, uh, Springdale. Um, what a, what a great, great guy and, and producer, um, seven view studios. And, and I, I hooked up with him. I knew I had the production. I didn't know I had the lyrics or or the 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 songs to fit radio. Um, so I took that big risk. Um, it was pretty downplayed for me because I already have a career. I, I, you know, I, I work eight hours a day, forty hours a week. Um so this for me was was a a risk that I was willing to take from an investment perspective. Um, I knew I wanted to put out an album, how far it was going to go or what I was going to do with it. I had no clue. Uh, I, I didn't know. I wanted the song to be on a radio. Um, I wanted one of my songs to be on radios. You know, it's, it's, every classic musician's dream dude, to be honest when you start off and and you start writing music and whatever else so for me that uh, that turned into four singles deep now four music videos um and four top 80 songs in the country so i mean you know it's 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 stemmed off of that from uh from the pipe dream to to you know just a a, a regular guy that's that's coming on the radio every four or five months with a new single so you know it's uh it's it was a big change for me Um, I spent years struggling and you know this as much as anybody uh, struggling to kind of, you know, uh, play downtown and have a full-time job and an eight-year-old child uh, all in the midst of that. And over the years, obviously when she was younger, uh, my daughter needed more attention and whatever else. And so I I struggled with that a lot. I used to book gigs and kind of, you know, I I just couldn't end up doing it Uh, playing the cover songs down on, on George street uh, seven days a week. I had to transition from, from that to somebody who, you know, who had an IT career, worked eight hours a day, 40 hours a week, and then kind of, you know, I, I just take it back. One of the songs on my record um, is called Love and Man, and it re- it references my dad and and the influence that he had on me to, to, you know, to tell me he was hard on me, and, and he wanted me to go back and get an education. Um, and then worry about the music stuff after. So that's that's the way that I've taken it. It's the way that um, yeah I struggle with it for, in, doing that transition, transitioning from somebody who was used to doing what I love, um, used to being down on the street and and knowing everybody down there. And, you know, it's it's almost like a family down there. It still is. Um, but I've kind of moved away from that seven-day-a-week cover song kind of deal into a recording artist now. And, and you know, I'm starting to understand what it's like to make money off the royalties for your own music and and, and that revenue generation coming in. So it's uh, it's definitely been a long time coming, man.
0: Yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt. Um, I want to ask you about a little bit of the the writing process for this record. Was was it some material you had previously written, like, you know, kind of over the years or did you kind of write this for this record or, you know, how did that, how did that kind of work out with the writing processes?
1: So yeah, the most of the songs were written um, uh, current time during the recording process, which was really weird because I had, I had 10 or so songs that I was going to choose that I'd written over the years. Um, And, and I did my best writing um, and again, you can probably appreciate this, you know, you get in the studio, you get a good sound going, good production it motivates you to write more. And, and, you know, oh yeah, yeah. I think we can get that sound or I think we can get, you know, it was just all going on in my head during the process. I started to hear the material coming back. Like once I got through long time coming and into think about you, think about you as more of a poppy country sounding song. So once I knew I could achieve that song, um, I just started writing and I got really inspired to write, um, you know, most of the songs talk about my uh, previous relationship I was in and uh, just talking about emotion and, and breakups and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, I felt it was fitting for a for country music scene, especially across the country right now. And, and we were able to achieve that. But I think, you know, the bulk of that writing came from uh, definitely inspiration during the recording process of the first two songs. Because what we did was record one track at a time. So we'd completely finish one tune move on to the next tune, completely finish that one. And it wasn't, you know, we didn't do bed tracks for all the, all the tunes and then go back and do the vocals for it all. So it was, that was a different process for me, but I think the best, um, I got a track back today that we're working on and, uh, Clint, basically Clint, you know, he, he sends me back a mix before the vocals even, even get put on the song. So he's got a, he's got a pretty solid mix so that my vocal fits on the song. So when I go in studio it's a a recording artist's dream because you basically have half the song done already. And it sounds like it's going to sound at the end result, you know, um, uh, you know, minus a few mix changes or maybe steel guitar, get added to track, whatever else. But you've got a pretty full sound and sound when you come back and you do your vocals. Um, And and to me, it worked extremely well for me during the recording process.
0: Yeah, no, that's definitely an interesting way to do it. Like, you know, for, for folks probably at home who might not understand quite the in-depth recording process like you mentioned generally a lot of times you would probably go in and lay down nine or ten bed tracks yeah and then you're generally probably singing vocal your your main vocal tracks over unfinished songs essentially you know it's yeah. it's might not be in a, a, a polished acoustic or the drums might be a little different or like you say you might not have those certain elements that are so that that's an interesting process to do that i bet that made you feel a little bit stronger in in uh, presenting your vocal performance because i i feel like that's the
1: way it would be right Vo- vocally it was, it just felt right. Um, and I felt, you know, I am after laying down vocals, um, you know, uh, just with an acoustic rough scratch track just to get the vocals down. And then we'd go back and do the vocals again once we got more tracks done. But I, you know, for me, my first thing that I hear, you know, obviously I write the songs. What I'll do is I'll send them a, a rough track of me. I'll just take a video on my iPhone, send it to Clint, and I'll kind of just hum out songs or, or hum out uh, licks or whatever you know that I hear in my head that um, that sound like you know the tune or the end result. And Clint ends up you know he ends up coming back. We try a few things back and forth, um, but you know the the bulk of this, obviously with the pandemic and everything else, um, was was done electronically. I mean, we were sending mixes back and forth. Facebook man, it was. It was an amazing experience, I got to say. And we were kind of forced into the fact that he would send that mix back first. I would go in and record the vocals, and then we'd go back. He'd mix the vocals in, uh, add harmonies or whatever else, and and add some more instrumentation. Then he'd come back and kind of, you know, he'd, he'd get my approval on it, and I'd send it back and say, I need this, this, this fixed, and whatever. So that process, to me, was a completely different experience altogether. Um, but it inspired the hell out of me, man. Um, you know, getting in there and just... I, you know, the other thing about it is is that you get this mix back without any vocals or anything on it. You can, you know, I, I play it in the truck and scream to the top of my lungs just to practice my vocal on that song. So when I go into studio, I'm really comfortable. That's something I never had before either, right? Um, You know, I'm used to just going in studio and kind of, you know, I I'd practice at home or whatever on acoustic guitar, but um, it's not the same. It, it's not the same at all. And we, once you hear half the song coming back at you, uh, it just sounds real, and it sounds you're inspired when you when you sing at that how, point in time.
0: How many times have I been at home and like you know if I'm learning a song or if I'm writing a song and you know i'll i'll be playing in a certain key and then i go try to perform it on stage and i'm like yeah. this is not in the right key i'm not i'm yeah. not singing this because i'm just singing it at home on a couch it makes such a difference you're singing it for yourself you're not really forcing yourself but then as Absolutely. soon as you put yourself in front of a microphone and maybe an audience who might be a little loud it's it's a completely different game you really have to to, to figure that out so you know that's a really interesting way to, to, to do it to do it for sure i mean um you you mentioned a little earlier i wanted to ask you you know you mentioned you know, writing some of the songs about breakups and, you know, kind of wearing your heart, honestly. Did you find that difficult to do that at first? Very I difficult. mean, to, re- to really try to put yourself out there? Because I know that's a challenge that a lot of um, writers, songwriters have to face is, is is really facing realities, especially if songs are really coming from the heart, if they really mean yeah. something, you know, did you find
1: that difficult to do that at first? I did. And, uh, you know, one song uh, kind of stemmed off, off the others, but I mean, again, I got feedback on, I think the first song that, uh, that we released, that was really emotional. That was think about you. And I got feedback from other people that inspired me and, you know, they, they wrote me back and said, you know what, man, I can relate to that. Or, or, you know, uh, you know, anybody would message me on a, on a random day and just be like, you know, I can relate to that song. I can really relate to that song because it's emotional. It talks about you know, it opens up your feelings and whatever else. That was extremely hard for me to do and accept. And and then once I got over the hump of the first one, uh, I just felt more inspired and I started writing again. And um, and you know, it was just for me. It was so wild how it ended up working out. All these tunes. I mean, you know, I wrote as I went here, and 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 I you know, obviously. Uh, Clint helped me out with, with my latest tune. Makes me wanna. He actually wrote the bridge on that song because I was stuck on that for for a couple of weeks. But I felt it was a strong song, and so I I, I continued it. But I mean, man, the you know the writing process for me. I always I, I talk about. I, I have a song on the record called Your Memory, and it talks about how I'm never going to write a song about a truck or a or a dirt road or or beers or you know anything of that sort. I write from the heart, right from emotion. I always have, and I you know I don't I don't think. You know, I, I've got a song coming coming out now that another friend of mine wrote, and uh, I kind of polished it off and finished it. and uh, And you know, this this song talks about kegs, which was a weird thing for me. I didn't really want to get into to to that stuff, but I really like the song, and it's kind of a summertime feeling song. So, I'm, obviously, the, you know, the end goal here is to attract radio uh, what, what you do, and and a lot of the songs on the radio today are are based on trucks and dirt roads and whatever else country music I, I i a lot of it sounds the same to me on the radio these days and uh you know I, i'm just a huge fan of like 90s country and um you know uh country music that goes back you know george jones waylon jennings you know the older country as well but i was really i grew up in 90s country and Um, You know, and as you know, Dave, I've I've sang just about every genre Uh, growing up. I was, you know, a few years back, I was in a trad band that, you know, we recorded, I I recorded, uh, I wrote one of the songs off that record and all the rest were cover songs. So that to me was the first kind of, you know, test um, for, for radio, local radio anyway. And it got played on the radio and I was like, you know what, well, maybe, you know, maybe this tune, maybe my songwriting can, can make it somewhere else. Maybe it can be bigger one of these days. And, you know, you just ride off momentum when uh, Dave, you know, you got enough, you you have to have enough confidence to put that song out there. Once it gets out there, then you start riding off the, you know, the yes and the no's because there's a lot of no's too. Um, and that's, that's, you know, something that, that the average person doesn't really, um, understand about the business. I mean, you're pitching this song to a radio station. Uh, there's 85, 86 country stations across the country. Um, you know, you're going to get a lot of no's. You're going to get a lot of people that say, you know, I don't really like this song and you're going to get others that love the song. It's just, you know, it's, it's their perception and, and, and the way that it all works. I could talk days about that. stuff. So. <clears throat> one of the things I've,
0: I've always kind of struggled with, and and I'm sure you can relate with this and yeah. is, um. <clears throat> Like, like you mentioned, like writing songs that, you know, are probably about, you know, a certain someone or a certain situation you've been in. And do you find that it's more difficult to do that being from a small town? Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, my God. Like that—that That is that. so tough. You know what I mean? Because you're looking at people and you're listening to people who are trying to just pick apart every word to this song. Trying, to figure, out, trying to figure out what this is exactly about. And it's not necessarily always exactly about yeah. something you know what i mean yeah. it has a yep. theme or running a running theme but it's not necessarily always exactly about one certain thing i've always oh, found that, that very difficult and and trying to and sometimes it's
1: changed the way i wrote you know what i mean because i'm like damn you've, it, got like a, I, you've got a very very creative way of doing that in your lyrics um and it, it kind of makes I, I'll, I'll say this dave um there's not many around that can that can um that can write a catchy tune and and have you sit there and kind of divulge into the lyrics and have to kind of dissect it in order to figure out the tune. You've done that with a few of your tunes. Um, and you know, there's, there's something to be said about that, but yes, small town lyrically it's extremely difficult. I've had so many people reach out to me. Who's this about? Who's this about? So then I have a current girlfriend that I love very much and I'm promoting songs that I wrote about my ex. So picture that. And you know, she's hearing those songs in her head every single day and you know i'm on podcast talking about my music and this latest song makes me wanna that was written about her so i'm trying to promote that across the country and she's sitting in the next room being like holy shit do i have to continue to do, it? do i have to continue listening to that? and she was one of my biggest supporters when i you know i was great friends with her yeah um and, and then i put out this album and it's still going i'm still dragging this out because you know far as i know the tunes are good and the production is good and i'm continuing to ride this album because you need to take as much advantage of these tunes that you can because it's not cheap it's not cheap to go in and record an album it's not cheap to have a radio tracker it's not cheap to have a a, a, you know a, a publicist promote this song right across the country i can't just say well no i i can't do it anymore because i have you know, because I've moved on from her and it, it, you know, the lyrics and the music have to stand their length of time. If you want to be successful in this racket.
0: Yeah, no, you nailed it there. Exactly. And, and I appreciate you being candid about that. I mean, that's, yeah. that's, 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 no, it's awesome, man. It really, really is. Yeah. I mean, that's what people want to hear. They want to know that. and And that's, I'm sure that's questions that not only with you, but with everybody. I mean, that's what people, people want to know. They want to hear that stuff. And I mean, I mean, you mentioned myself and like, you know, in the songwriting, while I don't want to talk about myself because this is not a podcast about myself, it's about the other person, I appreciate yes. you saying that and it's a nice compliment, but it, it's been a challenge of mine as well. You know what I mean? I'm trying to methodically put these lyrics together that not one person can quite figure out. I've, I've always found it challenging, honestly. It's and you've cool. done, you've done a much better job of, of being able to wear your heart on your sleeve. Cause I just, I've just struggled with it so much. I'm like, ah, fuck the boys from Mount Pearl. They're going to grill me over this one. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh no. I, I hear you, man. I hear it. Like, again, it all comes down to confidence for me. Um, I I've had a, a few mentors tell me that, you know, you there's a bigger not- picture.
0: There's a bigger picture. here. That's there, what you, you have bigger. to realize that, right? There's a bigger picture that it's not just a small town. And that's the problem with small towns is that, you know, people in small towns get stuck to small towns. So if you're going to write for a small town, sure, do
1: it. But if you want to be on a bigger picture, you got to reach to a bigger picture, in my opinion, anyways. Oh, I think, I think it's, it's legitimately harder for someone living in St. John's uh, that's been on a pub scene and everybody knows who you are uh, writing songs, than someone who's coming straight out of the gate, 18, 19 years old in Toronto in one of the biggest recording studios, you know, out there and they're putting this music out and they're fresh and they're brand new. And Toronto is just big, man. I mean, you know, you're, you're just in a bigger picture and people don't relate to it as much as you know, they would in a small town setting, they can relate to it. They will relate to the music but they won't relate personally to it. That's where I'm trying to go with this. I mean, you know, there's been so much chat about, you know, how did you write this record? How did you, you know, was it through experience? And yes, everything that I wrote, every lyric that's on that album is written through experience. It wasn't something I just drummed up in my head and 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 wrote. And I think, you know, Andrew LeDrew said, said it best, and I, I keep repeating this quote, but he said to me one time, he said, dude, he said, you'll never write a good song unless, you, you know, you experience heartbreak. And and, you know, you go through, you know, these bad breakups and whatever else you start going through this, you will write a good song. Oh, nothing there's better for, nothing, no, better for better write, nothing better for a
0: songwriter. Nothing better for a songwriter than a good breakup. is oh, it, it puts not. the puts the pen to the pad for sure. There's no doubt Absolutely. about that. So Justin, with this last record, I know you got uh, you won a couple of awards, a couple of music and L awards, uh, country artist of the year, rising star of the year. Uh, pretty neat, man. Can you talk about, you know, what music and L has, has meant to you and and the stuff that it's uh, brought for you, you know, uh, throughout the last year, probably something that you weren't really accustomed with, you know, in years past.
1: Yeah, no, definitely, man. I mean, you know, again, it's, it's been a reset kind of year for me and, and, to get that recognition um i've always looked at music and all awards as as something you know one of these days i'll get to it one of these days i'll be nominated so we got nominated uh, the eastern passage record got nominated for uh, celtic traditional album of the year uh back in 2013 i think so that was my real first taste of that and i said you know what well maybe we start writing our own music whatever i kind of got motivated there and um yeah i mean just just to get the recognition um I've been working damn hard at this stuff for the last, you know, three or four years. I've I've been really planning something that not a lot of people knew about, and I did a lot of research. Um, I spoke to a lot of industry people, um, and and I kind of got a feel of, you know, what what what's it gonna take for me to put out a song, and 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 start getting some recognition for this stuff. Um, how do you do that? How do you how do you how do you create the wave um, of of people starting to come to you? Well, first it starts with a great song. So you got to have a great song. You got to have a good song. That's the number one thing in this world that you need to have for people to start following and starting the wave. Once you have the song, then you start getting into, you know, what's your social media like? What's your Spotify streams like? Well, you have to have popularity to get Spotify streams. You have to get played on the radio to get these kind of streams and get you know momentum like this. So I started figuring all that out. To, to get recognized, uh, I know a good buddy of mine, Jason Benoit, he's been in the country scene for a very long time. Uh, he was nominated for Country Artist of the Year. I didn't think I had a chance not a chance. Um, and you know, and, and I ended up winning that award and I think it was on a Thursday night or a Friday night. I didn't think the awards were being broadcast till that Sunday. So it turns out that half the awards got announced on that Friday and then Sunday, the other awards. So Caroline East, um, called me on, on a Thursday and she said, you won, you won, you won. I was like, what, won what? I was just having a beer at the bar. And, uh, and she had, you know, said I won country out this year And it was just a moment of, um, I really can't explain how I felt at that moment, but it was kind of it was relief and excitement at the same time, because it's 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 a point in your life where, you know, it's it's my first award um, and it's an award that tells me that I'm doing something right. So I'm being recognized for 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 my art, my own stuff. I'm writing my own music, getting it on the radio um, and I'm you know, I'm being recognized for that. It's it's a very, very cool feeling, man um you know and obviously the two awards the rising star of the year um again just to uh, it, i can't really put it into words all i know is that it keeps me motivated and keeps me want to do more it, you know it, it keeps me want to write more um and 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 focus on my art um and you know that's that's pretty much the best i can explain it
0: yeah no no absolutely man um an interesting thing i i seen was You're up for inspirational album of the year. (laughs)
1: How many people? How many people have brought that up?
0: I mean, I mean, best kind, like right on. But you know, how did that come about? And can you talk about that
1: a little bit? Inspirational. I mean, you are inspiring, no doubt. So we, (laughs) so we had, so myself and my publicist. um, She's she's living in Mexico, um, and uh, she's she's she runs a publicity company out of Toronto. Uh, Paula Danny Levich is her name And she's been with me since day one And she's been unbelievable I uh, can't say enough about her So we get digging in these ECMA awards Obviously you need to apply for the awards Before you get nominated So we get digging in And and I think there was like I'm not joking Dave I think we applied for like 13 awards Um, And, and in that process We came across this inspirational record of the year So Paula comes back And she's like What's this inspirational So I had them all drafted and one one of the awards um, was Inspirational Record of the Year, and I I had to look up the criteria to the song, and it is that it's 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 um, it's supposed to be something that's inspiring to someone else to motivate someone else to do the same kind of thing. Like that's the way it was when I first looked at it. I thought it was kind of a, 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 a religious kind of a, mm-hmm. a award. So. I had long forgotten about that. So I'm looking at the awards and I'm intently looking at, you know, country album of the year country artist of the year, all this kind of stuff. And everything blows by and I didn't get anything there, which was fine. Um, and uh, so the second round of awards come and it says inspirational record of the year. Um, and my name is on it. So I'm like, what is this? What is this? So same type reaction from everybody else right across the country. Cause I've been asked the question many times. Um, so, I get back and I look at the criteria again. It says something completely different. It says uh, something of an in- uh, sorry, uh, a spiritual or religious kind of, uh, you know, music or whatever else. And and that was that was what the award was based upon. So I was like, okay, well, my songs aren't really religious. Probably religious to me and emotional to me, <laughs> but not not religious or spiritual in any any kind. So I know Dean stares. Uh, I've been in contact with him uh, for the last couple of years, my music and whatever else. And uh, Dean is the, the chair of VCMA. So I reached out to him and I said, Dean, there must be a mistake because I think, I think this, you know, the, uh, from reading the guidelines of the awards, um, you know, the, the description around it doesn't, doesn't really, you know, adhere to, to my album or whatever else. It was kind of awkward to me because I didn't really know how to say it. I'm nominated for an ECMA, you know? So I was just, you know, uh, it was exciting to me, but at the same time it was weird and awkward. So uh, he wrote, so he wrote me back and he said, Justin, he said, if you want me to write you a letter, I can do so. Um, I can, you know, I can, I can definitely, you know, do that. But this album, uh, this nomination is based upon inspiration and motivation to others um so he says you know you're you're telling a story in your first song that you wrote long time coming um you know it's taken years for you to be on the bar and pub scene kind of you know uh gigging it out and playing cover songs for all these years and then you get into a recording artist state um so it's inspiring and motivating so um I have the official statement from ECMA. They actually wrote me a letter because, you know, I, I kind of had to explain this to a lot of people across the country because they were kind of confused at, you know, what what kind of award this was. I remember um, I remember Chris Ryan and and Caroline East messaging me that day and was like, what the fuck, <laughs> you know, like what? what kind of an award is that? Is that a religious thing or a spiritual thing or whatever else? But, uh, but yeah, the best I can explain it is, uh, I should have had it up here, but I, I got the letter and stuff there, but the best I can explain is based upon inspiration and motivation. And they changed that award last year. Um, so I was looking at guidelines from, I think like 2015 and, and that's what threw me for a loop. And I went back and, and they, they verified that for me. Right. But yeah. It's uh. still a cool feeling,
0: man. Yeah. You no. Know? Absolutely. I mean, you nailed it. You 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 just explained it right, and I think that's a, in my opinion, I think that's probably a better way to go with that award. You know what I mean? Yep. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can yep, still sure. include. You can you can still include the spiritual albums, religious albums in that. Exactly. That. But it. You know. It's 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 about more about being inspiring and, and you know trying right. to work and achieve what you you want and, and trying to inspire others. You know. What I mean that yeah, makes exactly. a whole makes a whole lot of sense. Absolutely. Um. Yep. You got a few out, yeah. Sorry, a few videos out, and they all feature um uh big brother Canada star Sam picco Can you talk a little bit about uh Sam? And I know you guys
1: are close friends, and, and obviously yeah. you featured her in your in your videos. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, for sure. So long time coming obviously was a statement song. So I had my daughter in that one, and that was kind of you know, that was really, really special to me. Um, and, and obviously, long time coming was more of a rocky country song, it was more of an upbeat um less emotional song uh it was emotional to me still but i mean not from a relationship perspective or whatever else so then we start getting into the emotions uh so we we mapped out basically the timelines around the tunes and and it was you know it was based on sequence so it was think about you sure beats a good time and it makes me wanna so there's a story around that but i wanted sam obviously to be a part of three of those because they were linked in some way um so I I didn't tell her she was going to probably be part of three videos I told her she was going to be part of one in the beginning and and man did she ever shine it's crazy crazy how good she is and and you know um the local aspect of it too Dave is big for me I want people involved here obviously I got Center City and uh you know Stephen Green Brad Tuck involved in the videos and they're uh, you know as far as I'm concerned they're doing world-class stuff right now um and I think you know we motivated each other to, to get involved there heavily with Sam and Um and create plots and storylines that uh that went with the tunes. And I think you know, for for a small team and what we did and what we were able to achieve, it's uh it's been unbelievable. But I mean I grew up with Sam. Um I I didn't really know she had that side in her until she, you know, kind of got pretty popular with uh with Big Brother and, and what she was able to do there. And it wasn't and you know, she talked about this before, but I mean she was really natural on that show, she didn't really act on that show, and that's what I found she had so much ability to do be natural. And that's something when I get in front of a camera, I'm the, you know, I I'm, I'm getting better at it now, but I mean, when I first started, I'm, I'm uptight. I'm nervous. I'm everything under the sun and, and, and Sam is just able to flow. Uh, and she, she got used to me being nervous at certain points. And she kind of kicked me out of it to get back into kind of a scenic, um, uh, uh, you know, movie scene, we'll, we'll say or whatever else, but she was really, really good at that. And Stephen commented many a times that she was so easy to work with. um, You know, both on camera and both in in the plotting stages. You know, um, you know, well, let's create this scene, or you know, she was really creative too when it came to that stuff, which is which is very cool. When um, when you when you have your you know childhood friend involved in some of this, and she's digging the tunes, she's listening to the tunes and divulging what they exactly mean and coming in prepared. Um, you know there's, there's nothing else better than seeing seeing a team around you that that you know love what i'm doing for one and two having knowledge of the songs and the music and and what i'm trying to achieve I, I mean it's you know it's just a great feeling all around one fun fact about
0: you justin that a lot of people probably don't know maybe i'm sure some people do but not everybody is that you were in canadian idol in 2008 um yeah. i mean 2008's a long time ago don't get me wrong but you know Obviously that probably give you some type of kick to play music. Cause I remember we had a conversation one time and, and and I think we were talking about this, you know, but I kind of want you to express it for the listeners, but you know, you were pretty much just kind of beating around the fire, you know what I mean? And, and house parties and stuff like that. And then you kind of got that kick and then it pushed you to, you know, obviously present day, but just talk a little bit about that and, you know, just explain it to people. So
1: that was the first real that was the first real moment where I said, okay, well, there's something going on here. Something, something that someone likes. Um, and I'm on a reality TV show. Canadian All to me, I'd never watched it. Um, never had any any desire to watch any of these reality shows or get involved with in anything. I was out in a shed party uh with the boys the night before. It was I think it was 10 of them there. <laughs> Shocking. Yeah. And so so we're on the radio, we got the cab party going and it comes on announcement. Comes on uh, Canadian Idol trials, uh starting 6 30 a.m. tomorrow morning. Um, all everybody has to be at the Avalon mall by six o'clock and get in the lineup, whatever. So this commercial comes on as like 2 a.m. Everybody's feeling great. I got my voice gone from singing Waylon Jennings and George Jones all night, and uh, and they're looking at me and uh, they'd looked at me after the commercial, Justin and I. I figured it was a joke. It was a joke to me. They were like, "We'll give you fifty bucks each if you get in a cab at five thirty. Stay up, get in the cab at five thirty, and go out to uh, go out to the Avalon Mall tryout." So I was like fifty bucks each. So I was adding up my head, and I was twenty one at the time. So I was like 500 bucks. I said, you know, just for something to carry my guitar in the back of my head and going for a joke, stinking like booze and try out for Canadian. (laughs) So anyway, I did it. I got a cab out and I tried out. And I made it past the first stage. Then I made it past the second stage. Then I made it past the third stage. These three stages were hopping trailer to trailer outside the Avalon Mall. So there was basically, you know, camper trailers. Glorified Thomas amusements. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm trying out, trying out, trying out. I made it past, made it past, made it past. So three stages. Now I'm to, you know, I'm one step away from getting a gold ticket um, to go to Toronto in the top 200 Canadian all. So, uh, the auditions was, was two weeks away. So, uh, basically they gave me a list of songs that I was allowed to sing for TV because they had it cleared for TV, whatever else. It was only a list of like 500 songs or something like that. I had to choose from, uh, luckily I knew a lot of them just from jamming it, you know, there was some CCR and their Google dolls, uh, the Eagles and, you know, just some of that standard stuff, popular stuff. Um, so, I got together with my next door neighbor. My next door neighbor is a huge influence on me. He's a a rocker. He's a, he's a big classic rock kind of guy Um, knows a lot of music, knows a lot of knowledge around the music. So I kind of leaned on him to pick the songs uh, and we jammed them out for a couple of weeks. And I went, went there, ended up, um, ended up going. I was really, really nervous then, man. Uh, I had a huge crowd behind me. There was like 30 that showed up, uh, which was a huge crowd to me. Um, You know, just all the people that, I grew up basically just jamming in shed parties and around campfires and whatever else. And, you know, uh, I, they had, you know, that was a lot of support for me for 30 people to show up at, uh, I think it was at the Newfoundland hotel at the time. And, uh, anyway, I went in there and I sang, I think it was Google it slide. Um, and I sing that one, you know, most every night I'm out jamming, uh, cover songs, I, you know, I, 90s kind of music. So I, I, I enjoyed that stuff growing up. But anyway, saying that one, and um, I ended up getting a gold ticket. I came out with the gold ticket, and I didn't get much camera time from that moment. I, at least I can't find it. Um, but uh, I remember Leanne Kane uh, made it the same, you know, the same year. Jeremy Dix, Todd Scott, so they ended up forming. Mark Day was there too. Um, we ended up forming the band. That's another story. But, um, but yeah, just to get that experience at a young age, um, and get to see the behind the scenes TV part, um, and you know, uh, the producers of the show and whatever else it was some big names. I mean, um, I think Jake gold was part of the show that, um, that, that, year. And, and, you know, he, he had links to the tragically hip and he started managing the tragically hip very early back. So these were big people, um, you know, that, that had, uh, you know, a huge amount of influence on on the music industry, uh, not not alone the, the TV side of things after, but just to get that experience and meet and network with with some of the you know the the, the greater people in Canadian country music was a very big eye opener to me. Obviously, when I came back, I just wanted to play everywhere, so I started you know uh, I started getting calls from a lot of the bars and pubs, and and one of those pubs obviously was the Rob Roy, and I started playing the Rob Roy, and then that stemmed to every other bar on George street, really. You know, yeah, that's how, that's definitely how it happens. Uh, yeah. uh, getting back into the music, Justin, what's it been like trying to
0: promote this new record in the middle of a pandemic? I know you, you know, you got the, the publicists and, and, and the radio pushers and stuff like yeah. that. Can you talk a little bit about how challenging that's been and, and how it's all kind of worked
1: out? Yeah. So two sides of it challenging because I, can't really tour this album i can't really get around and and get you know fans reacting to this in a live setting that's been the most challenging for me the most rewarding part of this pandemic uh the only bright side that i i have been able to see is that, that you know there's a lot of music directors a lot of industry professionals that are coming accustomed to these zoom meetings um, teams meetings, uh, online meetings or phone calls or whatever else when normally you would have to actually show up at that radio station if you wanted to have a chat with a music director. So that's meant a lot to me. Um, I've been able to connect with a lot of people across this country that I normally wouldn't wouldn't you know have to unless I travel up there and kind of knocked on their door. So that for me has been very good um again you know the only downside of this and i think i've done a lot of this from my basement too dave um you know the promoting and social media side of things or whatever else um if anything it's helped me because a lot more people are online these days um scrolling through social media and all that kind of stuff so and listening to a lot more music. Um, Spotify came out with something there last month that, uh, that you know, people are listening to music more than ever before. Um, so, you know, uh, there's more people accustomed to kind of discovering who I am and whatever else, but there's methods to that, all of that madness. I mean, you can't just put a track on Spotify and expect to get 500,000 plays if you're an independent artist living in St. John's. I mean, it just don't happen that way. Um, there's methods to all of that. There's playlist promoters that actually take this music shuffle it around to curators, which are the people that create these playlists, um, that have, you know, 10,000, 20,000 followers. So if we're able to pitch to someone who has 20,000 followers on a playlist, then you're automatically going to get, you know, you'll get 500, 800 plays a day from this, but they got to like the music. It doesn't just, you know just pay someone to shove it in someone's face and kind of just put it on, put it on their playlist. It, it doesn't work like that. Um, there's, there's all kinds of theories around all that kind of stuff, but that's, totally different topic but you know getting back to what it's been like pandemic wise for me i mean I've, I've been on uh global tv ctv um you know all these networks that again would normally want you to kind of travel up there and i wouldn't be on a zoom meeting singing long time coming from my basement i'd i'd, I'd be there for a live show and and one of these days I'll, I'll get to that but i've been able to work a full-time job have an eight-year-old daughter and you know not miss a beat so for me, it's been beneficial in in that sense, but the other sense, live playing. Obviously, I, I I love to play live. I love to get other people's reactions to my music and whatever else. And I felt I've missed that uh, mightily over the past you know year and a half. But I'm gonna get out. I've I've got a show coming up now, June fourth, and I, I really can't wait to uh, to to get those tunes out. The last time myself and the band would have played would have would have been the CD release back in uh, October. So. Um, I'm just really excited for that. And, uh, you know, I, I can't wait to just start regularly getting back on the stage and and doing what I love, man.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny, you know, it's kind of been a running theme with, with this podcast and people who I've chatted with, um, you know, I've, I've, you know, obviously COVID is, is funny because it, it provides topics to talk about in a weird way. But I mean, everybody I've asked, you know, don't get me wrong. This, this virus and and, and this pandemic has had some negative effects on people, but there's been so many people who have found the bright side in this thing. Like, I mean, it's almost been like a hard reset. I mean, I wouldn't be doing this podcast if it wasn't for this. I'll guarantee it. I I wouldn't have had the time to dig into it and actually get it up and running. You know what I mean? I just would have been too busy. So it's been really fun to see and to, and to hear the, the, the positive sides that people have, have had. And like you say, I mean, It cuts down so many barriers, like to be able to do those things from your home, to be able to meet people and not have to leave to go do it for the sake of a shot in the dark. I mean, it's a lot easier to take a shot in the dark from the basement than it is
1: across the country. You know what I mean? You absolutely said it, man. And and again, it goes back to, you know, all of these, even the um, even the uh, like the Canadian Music Week is this week um, and, and they're all virtual. So you get to people. So basically what they do, what they do during Canadian music week is uh, what they've done this year is basically put you in a room with a thousand other people and they just randomly put you in a room with someone else. So they keep spinning off. That's all done virtually. Like you don't get to do that in a real setting. So, I mean, you know uh, I met, uh, I met an artist from Montreal and we talked about radio tracking and who we're using for radio tracking, whatever else, uh, and indie pop uh, artist out of Montreal. I, I found her out. I discovered her music and I absolutely love her music saved her on Spotify. Um, you know, you get to just meet people so randomly in, in what they have set up. Um, not only that, but you can set up appointments with, with industry guys. Um, you know, the president of SOCAN, um, was taking was, was, you know, taking these meet and greet meetings that doesn't really get done virtually if we don't have a pandemic. Um, You know, so just things like that. I'm an in-person kind of, you know, go to EC. Like I had planned on going to EC Mays. I couldn't wait for that. It was my first EC Maze. Couldn't wait. I was going up with Nick and Dan and all the guys from here. Um, you know, and, and, you know, I, I had a showcase in mind and whatever else, but I mean, again, it's not the worst thing in the world because they're still being able to hold this stuff virtually. So technology has come a long way too. And in, in the past number of years, it's just being used mightily in, in times like these. And I can appreciate that because I'm an IT guy. So I, I, you know, I, I know how that, how that uh, stuff works. It's hard to promote uh, technology when you don't really need to use it, but now we're in a time of desperation we need to use technology and and we we have to be creative when it comes to that stuff.
0: Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. I mean, I I performed at Canadian Music Week. I took a band to Canadian Music Week. And listen, man, I went awesome. up and played a couple shows. It was it was great. It was all fine and dandy, but yeah. I mean, I played a couple bar shows. I didn't really get to meet a whole lot of people because it was yeah. late nights. I flew a band up there out of my pocket. We go. stayed yeah. a place up there. It was an expensive expensive endeavor. For, I mean, at the time I was only young too. I feel like I could make a lot better use out of it. Now I kind of looked yeah. at it as, as a trip to Toronto with the boys for a laugh for a couple of <laughs> shows. I mean, but I mean, yeah. just the, just the expense costs alone, you know what I mean? It's yeah. uh, it's such a different ball game to be able to just be able to present those, those performances online. Uh, Justin, is. you mentioned it just a couple of minutes ago. You got a big show coming up. Um, why don't you let everybody know? Like, uh, we'll do a little promo shot on on your show, and and you know who who you got playing with you in the band, uh, who's opening up, where's it to, where can we get tickets?
1: Uh, fill us in. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, June fourth, so it's on a Friday. Uh, I, I wanted to put off a show before the summer really hit because uh, I know what it's like for live shows and stuff, you know, in the summertime, unless you're on a deck somewhere, it's it's hard to promote nighttime shows when it comes, you know, in the summer or whatever else. Uh, but so we, we wanted to put this off and I wanted to do it in the safest way possible. Um, so I contacted the Bella Vista and they have um, special clearance for 160 people guests. I was I actually at a show last week, uh, Mike Lynch and uh, man, is he ever, ever funny.
0: I oh ran in. Was- I ran into Mike Friday, uh, or sorry, Sunday night. He was uh, he was at Green Sleeves at my gig, oh, and yeah. man, I, I was just laughing at him. He's so funny. Actually, I was talking to him yesterday. He wrote yeah. me and said, "Hey, man, great job at Green Sleeves." I said, "Man, you're next up on the podcast. I got to get you on for a oh, chat." On- so, oh my god! So yeah, Mike, Mike Lynch is, is an incoming guest. But yeah, sorry. Get back to the show, please.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. No. Was so good. So I I actually went to check the place out just to make sure that uh, that you know everything is you know everything is copaesthetic for when when I get my guests. In or whatever else i didn't want any any kind of you know awkwardness with with the COVID and everything on the go they have such a great setup there um they have a table set up so you know and they actually deliver you your drinks or whatever they have waitresses going around really cool setup um so that's again friday june 4th it's like kind of cabaret style at at the Bell vista it is so it is so it's 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 really cool actually um and you know it's it's too bad obviously you can't get up and dance and whatever else but um but there's you know I think there's some sort of intimacy with with the table setting as well. It gets people watching and listening instead of dancing around, following around, getting drunk, or whatever else. That's just my opinion on that. It's, it's more of a more of an intimate setting for me, which is which is what I enjoy. The CD release went really well. So yeah, so uh tickets uh, and steady entertainment is running uh, running this event for me again. Uh the boys out of corner Brook. Such great guys, Dustin Parsons and uh, and his crew. I'm I'm getting Justin in here to kind of do the intros and and introduce the show and whatever else. Sixteen year old, yes, sixteen year old Paige Penny is going to open up for me. And uh, man, I uh, I banged into her on a on a uh, on a live show on, online on Dave Woods in the country with Dave Woods. And I listened to a few of her tunes. And man, is she ever talented! Um, so I had, um, I had reached out to her her mom's her manager and I reached out to, to her to, to, to get her involved in this. I think you're in for a treat with this, uh, with this young girl. And, uh, I just can't wait to, uh, get up with the band. Obviously, you know, some all-stars in the band, uh, I'm, I'm involved with, uh, I just, you know, these guys are so dedicated to my craft. It's, it's incredible. Um, Nick Earl playing guitar. He just released a new song, Queen of the Night. Uh, I think we're going to play that one at the show. Can't wait for that. Chris Ryan, obviously a veteran in the music scene. Um, Dan George, Cody Stacy, Greg Walsh, Masterless Men, played for years. Uh, he's such a great guy and instrumentalist. He's he's gonna play uh fiddle, banjo, and mandolin again, um, uh, running through. We got a couple of cover songs I'm gonna throw in there as well. Um, because this is something else, you know, other than a CD release now. I'm gonna focus on a few more tunes and uh some new tunes as well. So I really can't wait for that. Justinfancy.eventbrite dot c a b-r-i-t-e dot c a um and those tickets um don't let the price fool you when you log in it's fooled a lot of people it's like oh my god this is so expensive but it's based on table um so there's a table of two four six and eight i think the eights are sold out now but there's uh there's i think there's 40 seats or something left for the show so yeah I'm, i'm really looking forward to it Cool
0: man, yeah. No, I, I bet that's going to be a great show. So, uh, you know, if anybody's listening, that's uh, June fourth uh, at the Bella Vista. So make sure you do check out Justin online and man uh, get out to that show and get out and support local music because it, you know, definitely means more now than it than it ever did. And like you mentioned, uh, uh, you know, it's a nice sit down event. And you nailed it when you said it's there's a different side to playing to a sit down crowd. You love having people up dancing and making sure everybody's having a good time. Yeah. But I found the same thing. We did our, you know, our annual Tibbs Eve show at, at the Rock House, which yeah. is always the biggest shit show of the century. Every single <laughs> yeah. year, man, it is the biggest yeah. piss fist. Like it's, yeah. you know, you, you got, 280 people from Mount Pearl crammed into the rock house and they all (laughs) haven't seen each other in eight months and they're falling all over each other. And it's, and it's, it's great time. It's a big party. Don't get me wrong, but this year, you know, it was seated and it was like, Wow. I actually got to tell a few stories before the yeah, songs I like, can exactly. explain the songs a little bit and introduce the band without just banging out bangers as hard and fast as you possibly can just to make sure everybody's still moving. So uh, yeah, you're right. You, you got it there and you know, it's going to be a great show. So, you know, for anybody listening, make sure you do, uh, do get out and check out that show because you know, great opening act, great band and, and going to be a great night. Definitely at the Bella Vista. Um, have you been watching any NHL
1: playoffs? Oh man, you gotta be kidding me. Of course I am. Of course
0: I am. So we're recording here today. It's Tuesday, May 25th uh originally i had actually uh we were planning on recording yesterday um at around 6 30 or 7 and you know i was i i did a few things online yesterday and i was like you know what i think I'm, i'd like to wait till tomorrow so we can maybe have a little <laughs> chat about uh, about the game last night and then kind of what's going on so um what did you think of what did you think of the game
1: so far so sorry last night and, and the series as a whole so far it's been such a great series, man. It's been, it's been so great to watch. And I don't think either team is, you know, uh, is, is really standing out. Or I think it's very evenly matched. Um, I, I think the Leafs have more talent, but they're able to shut it down. I mean, you, you just look at, you know, you just look at Winnipeg and, and the Oilers and what Winnipeg just under the Oilers. I mean, what? Really? Like Shuck what was Connor McDavid down for four, four, you know, four games. It's man, just amazing. What it's was amazing. the pay?
0: What was the payout on a hundred dollar jet sweep? I wonder. Oh like, uh, man, man. I don't just, think that, anybody was predicting that man. I, I think I was reading somewhere. It was like 32 to one or
1: something like that. Crazy, so I mean, right. Crazy. Ugh, I mean, some big, you know, Toronto's some big depth, money. Toronto's depth. Just going back to the Leafs there. I mean, Toronto's depth and, 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 uh, and veterans on the team. I mean, you know, you look at Spets and the series he's having, he's having a great series. I mean, um, you know, Thornton, he's out there, he's slow and he's old, but I mean, he's, you know, he's he's doing a lot for the team. Uh, he looked sluggish man, last fans. night, man. I'm not going to lie to so. you. He, he looked he sluggish so. last
0: night. I did not like him on that top line power play last night. No, I was, no. That was my only downfall of everything that was going on. I don't understand why they have the slowest man on the team. And I mean, I can only imagine what Joe Thornton brings to the dressing room, brings to the locker Absolutely. room, brings to the presence of his team and, and, and to mentor these young kids who are uh, you know, trying to make something out of nothing, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Uh, he yeah, definitely no, brings that, but to have him on a top line power play, <coughs> excuse me, was a uh, was an interesting choice, I think. But
1: yeah, yeah, yeah uh, no, I agree. I, I think, I think Thornton. I mean, they they have him out there to get set up and get him to kind of run that run run those plays, right? And obviously, he's done that for so long, right? But I agree with you 100. I was like, what? There's so much more young talent on that explosiveness you know yeah absolutely that's the exact word for it yeah the
0: goaltending has been I was I was skeptical I mean goaltending in Leafland is always scary you know what I mean you're like especially this year you know we got Freddie Anderson he goes down uh we put in Jack Campbell who has like you know a handful of career starts in his in his in his life. I mean, he's not old, but he's not a young man by any means. No. You know what I mean? He's been around. He's been a backup for a number of years, and yeah. he comes out goes seventeen and three. He has a couple rough losses at the beginning of the year. It looks like his confidence is shot. You're yeah. like, oh my god, what's gonna happen? They go and sign David Riddick. He gets lit up first couple of games. You got <laughs> Michael Hutchinson coming in. We're like, Here are we, we really again. are we really into our fourth string goalie with this team, man? I'm like, oh my. Here we god. go again. Right. Anyways. Yeah, Campbell's look great, I gotta say. I mean, we got Anderson back, he's he's behind, he's he's backing up Campbell right now. It's Campbell's yeah. net to lose. Uh, yeah. one one really crazy thing that I've has shocked me uh, not shocked me, not shocked me at all, but has been Kerry Price. I mean, Carry Price has had a you yeah. know, he's had an up and down season, he's mediocre. had a rough season, yeah. mediocre season, yeah. but man, he looks like Kerry Price again right now. That save crazy. last night, man,
1: on on Spezza he yeah. overcrossed with the stick yeah. that's vintage. Yeah. Vintage yeah. carry Price, right there. Right? Multiple. I mean, it was multiple times last night where I went just wow. Um, I, I remember there was one play there. Marner peppered him. Uh, he almost had five shots on him, and he and he just bang, 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 reacted to it. And you know, he just did classic carry Price. I mean, it's uh, it's amazing. And like you said, he's had an up and down season. There's been times where. Montreal fans were hard on him and, and, you know, and whatever else. I know a lot of Habs fans are disappointed, um, you know, this morning because of Kerry Price's performance. I mean, you know, it was a two, one game and and Habs just can't put the puck in the net. I mean, you know, it must be disappointing and it's been that way. It's been a common trend for a while. Um, but they have to be pleased with Montreal's play so far shutting down these guys. I mean, you know, we, we haven't got a lot of goals and, um, you know, it's just so different. We, we said this off the top here before we began, but, uh, Playoff time is so friggin' different. Um, and whatever it is, is more of a defensive mindset or whatever it is. Uh, goalies get hot, whatever it is. I don't know. But, I mean, from what I've seen over the years in the playoffs, I mean, any team has a chance. If they can get on a roll, if they can get a few wins and get a bit of momentum and whatever else, I mean, there's the, – the, the series is, can go – Either way, I mean, it's and and it doesn't matter if you're eight or you're one or if you're seated, you know, to top to the bottom. It, 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 you know, it seems like it doesn't really matter when it comes to the playoffs, right? Different game altogether.
0: Yeah, no, it has been absolutely. And, and you know, uh, a lot of good teams down south of the border, man. I'm telling you, Colorado Avalanche, they're looking like a wagon. Boston, okay. Boston, I know he got injured, I seen in game four, but I hope it's not. Hopefully it's not too serious, but, uh, I Hopefully mean, nice to see him game. pot that first goal. You know what That's I mean? they uh, Boston are always scary, man. They're, they just yeah. rolled the caps in always four roll yeah. the caps in four. I mean, yeah. uh, the Winnipeg jets, man, I'm, I'm so shocked that they, they just rolled uh, over, over the Edmonton Oilers. I mean, Connor McDavid must be just so, so. Shook at, at this point. Yeah. I can't even imagine. Yeah. You could see the frustration on his face last night, as you as you would imagine. But I think gonna be another great game tonight. Leafs and Habs tonight. I mean, obviously tonight's yeah. Tuesday for folks listening. So you will yeah. have the uh, you'll have the results by the time you're listening to this. But I'm looking forward to tonight, knocking going lie. Yeah, I think it's sure gonna be another great game, very yeah. pivotal game back in back in Montreal. But uh, you know, been a great playoffs and, and very exciting to watch. I mean, a lot of close games, overtime games, and and yeah. um one thing, the only thing that the North is missing, man, is the fans. I can't imagine if I oh, know if, uh, you know, the Scotiabank Center was full for those games or, or you know, in Montreal and, and same with out in Winnipeg, man, like those fans are crazy. You know what I mean? So it, it would have been. Uh, can you imagine uh, a <clears throat> four game sweep last night in Winnipeg uh, with fans in the building in triple
1: overtime? <laughs> absolutely- oh, man, I can't imagine. Yeah. I no. PGA uh, the weekend PGA Championship, man, so, that was something man. else,
0: too, man. Phil Mickelson, man.
1: 50 years old. Yeah, just crazy, just just crazy. I mean, I mean, obviously the guy still got it, and uh, man, just so long since his last major too it was just just came out of nowhere, right? Uh, but he had said that he he was getting better and better and better, and he said I'm close, really close. He's bombing the ball, 350, 360 yards. I know it's 50 incredible. Years old, fifty I know. years old. That's unbelievable. Did you see um, this but,
0: clip going around on Twitter? By any chance, Brooks Kepka with uh, with the oh, yeah. Shambo,
1: Bryson what? walked by him. Oh man. Oh man. And you know what? I, I, listen, I, I love golf. I love to watch golf. I'm watching golf all the frigging time. There's one guy that drives me nuts and it's Bryson DeChambeau. And listen, I I have all the respect for him in the world, but I mean, the stuff that he gets on with and he, you know, he started, all the guys were calling, I think Kepka called him out before for being so slow, right? When he started this. Oh yeah technical swing he was getting up and he was taking like five minutes to hit the ball and 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 Br- and uh kepka called him out one day or whatever. Oh, whatever hates him man it. it's so oh, he funny hates him, right golf and he beef is him. wicked yeah <laughs> and he walked by him and all i can think of was bryson was talking numbers or some kind of calculation to his caddy right
0: no you and know what it was apparently what, was what it, it was it's the bryson wears metal cleats he has metal spikes in his shoes and apparently that's like if for golfers who don't wear metal spikes in their cleats, oh, yeah, they hate that. So when yeah, they're walking on the on the pavement, it's crunch, crunch, crunch. Yeah, he was in the middle of a live bit, right? With with uh, golf TV <laughs> yeah, or whatever yeah. it was, you know, golf channel, and he comes crunching by and yeah. obviously, you know, has pure disdain for this guy anyway yeah, so i thought him, that right? was so comical man yeah it was awesome
1: oh, what was it? it was the funniest thing and and the, the reporter was there too i can't remember his name now but he was oh laughing. man he was, was roaring out. he's just
0: like man you just gave us the best <laughs> like best piece like and hilariously enough that he leaked that some someone leaked that because that someone probably should
1: yeah that probably yeah.
0: should have never, because you know, oh. Kepka is cursing and swearing fucking this, fuck, fuck, yeah. you know, like it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it probably shouldn't have got oh, out. But, anyways, oh, no, no, oh, it's gonna be, another, uh, gonna be another, gonna be another great weekend of hockey, no doubt, man. And I know you got your big show coming up, and uh, um, I know there's a lot of fans looking forward to that. I'm sure you guys and, and the band is is all looking forward to that as well. So, uh, you know, best of luck with the show. I mean, I really appreciate you coming on, taking the time today to come on uh justin if you can uh, just let everybody know where they can find you online just uh feed it to us where can we where can we get some justin fancy
1: yeah right on so i, I tell everybody justinfancymusic.ca there you're going to find um you know tour dates uh merch um all my social media is linked to there so that's pretty much the one-stop shop for everything um i'm on instagram and facebook at justin fancy music as well if you want to add me there and um uh, and, uh, yeah, I try to keep everything online. I'm really active on Instagram and, uh, I try to keep, you know, d- d- keep, you know, fans updated with everything that's going on and, uh, whatever else. And, uh, yeah. So justinfancymusic.ca.
0: Right on, man. Well, uh, you know, best of luck with everything, you know, coming up in the, in the summer and, and hopefully you can get out and do, do a few more live shows. Best of luck with the, uh, with the gig next weekend. And I, you know, really appreciate taking the time today, man. I know you're a busy man and, uh, it's great catching up with you.
1: Really appreciate it, Dave. Uh, I know I mentioned a while back, I, I couldn't wait to get on the show. I'm, I'm I'm following the podcast, drives the woman nuts sometimes when I'm in the truck with it all going on and I'm laughing and carrying on. Yeah, such a great thing you're doing, man. And, um, and you know, just a pleasure to be on and I'll continue to follow you. No, no, no sweat there. Thanks, man. One, I, I think one
0: thing that my uh, the listeners are going to be happy with is that I'm probably not going to have to go into too much uh, in-depth anal- NHL analysis in my intro this week because I think we just covered it. So, uh, you know, best awesome, of luck, buddy. Justin. And I appreciate it again, man. We'll catch up with you soon. OK, right now, buddy. Take care. All right, cheers. Huge thanks to Justin Fancy for coming on I uh, really appreciate him taking the time to Come on and, and have a chat, he's a busy dude There's no doubt about that, he's got a lot on the go But you know, it was, it was nice of, to make Some time for me, and uh, you know I was a, I was a, uh, a guest on his Podcast as well a few months back And uh, just nice to have him on To chat and you know, really pick his brain On the writing processes and, and, and Recording processes, especially during the pandemic and, and just even being able To talk about, uh, you know Writing these songs, like uh, I I said in the interview, I mean, it's tough to write songs from your heart, you know, about actual, uh, about actual events or people when you're from a small town, because people want to know the dirt, man. People want to know what you're talking about. And it's, it's just difficult, especially if you're kind of sheltered or, you you know, you're, you you don't want to talk about it. You just, you know, it's, it's tough. So, I mean, it was nice to hear Justin open up about that. I got to say, so, you know, big thanks to Justin for coming on there. Um, yeah, not much else on the go, guys. You know, I mentioned, obviously, earlier on the podcast that back this weekend at O'Reilly's doing a couple of gigs with uh, with Robert and Zach this weekend, so that's going to be a lot of fun. i uh, still looking to pick up a sponsor. I mean, if you want to sponsor my podcast, let's make a let's work out a deal and, and try to come up with something. Um, kind of considering maybe taking a, a few weeks off here in the summer as it, as it starts to pick up musically, and and uh, I know everybody's got some busy schedules, so uh, we'll see what happens with that. I, I mean, got a lot of guests lined up, so I'm not sure if we're going to keep it rolling through the summer. It maybe take a little while off and, and come back in the fall but we'll see what happens really been enjoying doing them and you know big thanks to everybody for for all the feedback and and all that stuff so uh you know where to find me guys you want to follow me on all my social media channels at dave witty on instagram and, and and facebook uh on twitter as well i've been tweeting a lot lately really giving some hot takes on some sporting stuff so if you're uh, you're interested in and in, in follow along you know how to find me at dave witty um And uh, yeah, you know what that about does for me Make sure you do subscribe and, and like my, uh, my YouTube page Guys, that's where I'm putting up a lot of content all the time So, uh, you know, that about does it for me From downtown St. John's, Newfoundland I'm Dave Whitty, peace